What's up, everybody? My name is James York, and this is the B Podcast. The story behind the name B is that I'm a hip-hop head. Comments album B is my favorite album of all time. It's a timeless album about life and stepping into who you really are. And that's what this podcast is all about, to just be. To be you, to be great, to be the best version of yourself. Over the years, I've read hundreds of books and articles on self-help and becoming the best version of myself. I've had over a thousand hours of therapy and coaching, and as I go through this personal journey of becoming my highest self, I want to invite you to join me. Together, we will learn and grow each day, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially, all while showing compassion and empathy to others, and having a little fun along the way. I'm no expert, but if I can learn something new and help you to grow, that's why I intend to do it. Thank you for listening to the Beat Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's James York, and this is the Beat Podcast. I got some special guests with me. I'm actually in their home today, Chris and Christina Billingsley. Um, I want to give them the opportunity to introduce themselves on the Beat Podcast, man, for all my listeners. And I'm just honored to have them as guests today, Um, a married couple. We're going to talk a lot about emotional health, financial health, mental health, um, but just really the foundation of a relationship and what it takes to be married and for it to last. And just want to give the mic over to them and introduce themselves. Christina. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Christina Billingsley. I am 40 years old and um, I love life. <laughs> that's good enough. You know, that's good enough. Okay. Chris, your turn. Peace and blessings, everyone. Uh, I am Chris Billingsley. Uh, and I am certainly honored to be in the presence uh, of, of a good brother such as uh, James York um, to be a part of the work that he's doing. And this is just the beginning. Uh, this brother is on the verge of some great things in his life. Uh, Yahweh's hand is definitely on him. And I'm definitely excited to uh, witness this journey. I appreciate that, man. And Chris definitely got the radio voice, like down pat. <laughs> I tell him all the time, he got the the smooth jazz. <laughs> so getting right into it, man. Um, I wanted to sit down with you guys because I know you guys have been married for a while now, and I really look up to you guys as a couple, um, as parents, and just as people who have set the foundation for a good marriage, um, God fearing marriage, and um, relationship things like that are something I'm working towards and working on um, and, and finding that right person and I just want to know from you from your guys perspective um, what's the most important area of growth in a relationship um, and that's out of spiritual mental physical emotional financial um, I would say the most important area of growth has to probably start with just understanding and communication. Um, we we started out young, um, and that was something we had to learn along the way. It definitely wasn't there right there at the beginning. We had to learn it and learn how to communicate with each other and how to accept differences that we have and navigate through that amongst all the other clouds and noise that you're going to hear. Um, but I would say communication. Yeah, that's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely uh, second that 
uh, communication, uh, understanding uh, that, you know, even though you are a couple uh, as one unit, uh, you are still uh, individuals. It's very important that you uh, respect each other as individuals and see each other um, as individuals and, you know, try to uh, support each other in um, uh, the best way possible in uh, any area that they may need support, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, navigating through family, uh, careers, emotions. Um, it's definitely important that you have that uh, respect factor. You mentioned um, individuality, Chris. Mm -hmm. Can you expound on that and like how you keep your individuality in a relationship? Like how you maintain mm -hmm. that throughout a marriage? Well, the thing is, is that um, I, I think that what happens is that people come into marriages with uh, expectations um, as far as a blueprint of how a husband should be or how a wife should be or what they should do. Uh, but you have to keep in mind that you know, this person is an individual and they may have uh, goals, dreams, aspirations, things that they want uh, to do. And you have to be willing to, you know, uh, understand that and support them uh, in that way. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, people feel that when it comes to marriages, like you have to be a, a carbon copy of each other. Um, in some ways you do, uh, but then some ways you don't. Uh, because when you do get together, you know, it's a totally individ different individual, um, a different point of view, a different way of being raised. Um, so you don't ever want to uh, conform to a point where you lose yourself. It's like, well, we have to do everything step by step. Um, you know, if you have goals, aspirations or, or hobbies, uh, things that you want to uh, uh, strive for, get into, you can still do it. Um, you know, it's just, again, it's, it's all about having that respect um, and, and knowing that, you know, your, your spouse is an individual and accepting that. Sure, for sure. I can do that. Mm -hmm. How important is compromise, Christina? Compromise is, is interesting. It's easy now because we understand, we can take it as simple from a, a perspective of, okay, well, I really want to go to basketball because I play basketball on Thursday evenings and that's what I really want to do. But I can say, well, I really want to go to the library. And one of us needs to stay home with the kids. A, a simple compromise situation is I'll miss basketball so you can go to the library this week. You miss library next week and I'll go to basketball. These are simple compromises, right? But as you get to things are more complicated. Um, it's important to understand, as Chris was saying, along with the individuality, that everyone has a level of um, care or something they find important to them. Mm -hmm. And as a spouse, you have to be able to recognize what that, that thing is for your, for your better half. Are you, is this something, this is something that Chris really wants to do. I, I need to support him and in that nature of supporting him, be selfless and allow him to do what it is he needs to do or wants to do. Sometimes I overshare. So <laughs> I may... Go right ahead. Okay. The larger point I was going to bring up is early in our marriage. I'm talking year one, two. Mm -hmm. Um... 
there would be situations where Chris would want to go out with his friends. And I was in a mindset of, well, you can't go anywhere without me. Like, I want to go too. And he's kind of saying, I'm still a guy. I have my guy friends. I want to hang out with my guy friends. And I was not in a, in a state of mind to accept that as something that didn't feel like possible infidelity or possible, um, and that these are my insecurities that I ended up finding out about. Um, but what, it, what ended up happening is that Chris had to say, if we are gonna continue in a union, you have to meet me halfway and understand that if, if I'm in this marriage, I'm all about our marriage. But again, back to the, the, the individuality, but union, I still have, have things that I like to do, just like you have things you like to do. So we had to learn, especially I had to learn very early about that compromise. Uh, it wasn't easy because I was young trying to understand that concept. And I grew up as an only child, so everything is all about me. You know, but when you are in a union and in a marriage, that has to change. And if it doesn't, you're gonna have a problem in the long run. You um you mentioned insecurities in a in a marriage. Like, can you, Chris, tell me about mm -hmm. like how it feels if you're insecure or if the other person is insecure mm -hmm. in the marriage? Like, how mm -hmm. do you navigate that and like becoming whole yourself because I always mm. preach like mm. being whole becoming mm. whole mm. as an individual before actually getting in a relationship but mm. we all know it's not always that easy that ain't true. like we all mm. come into relationships and mm. situations mm. with our own baggage and our own mm. foundation that's crumbled or mm. intact mm. so like how do you navigate like other per other person being insecure or you being insecure in a relationship mm. Well, I mean, you made uh, a great point in uh, asking that question. That is, um, people do come to relationships uh, with baggage. Um, and what's the most important is that, you know, you find someone who's uh, going to fight the good fight and help you unpack uh, that baggage. Uh, because, you know, we come with baggage, you know, when, you know whether it's from, you know, past relationships, um, you know, uh, uh, family trauma, that's happened uh, years past, going back to our childhoods. Um, so it is very important that you're with someone who's willing to help you to unpack that baggage, who's willing to uh, work with you to work through whatever the insecurities are, to get some clarity uh, as far as you know why you feel the way that you feel and what can be done moving forward so that you don't feel that way anymore. Christina, how can you help a man unpack baggage? Because we very stubborn. And we don't sometimes, especially as black men, don't even want to talk about our feelings and emotions. How do you help him unpack baggage? Yeah, um, I was actually just telling him uh, today. Um, I think it's important to, I want to say this specifically, um, specifically for a black man. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to, as a black woman, make sure that I'm making myself fully emotionally and spiritually and mentally available to him mm -hmm. as a 
as a helpmate, as a resource, as a soundboard, as a, a peace, as a comfort. When he walks in that door, I, my goal, I can be sitting there doing my own work. When he walks in the door, my goal is I need to make him feel like he walked in the kingdom. Mm. Like, I need to, and some, and I go overboard, but <laughs> I will, that, that's my job so that any stress, any, you know, grief, worry, whatever he just got through dealing with out there in the world, whether it was at work or just going to the road, whatever, whatever he was doing, when he crosses that threshold, he should feel like, I'm home, this is where I want to be, this is my, this is my peace, this is my, you know, my um, safe space, safe space. Yeah. You know, and and that energy should meet him at the door. Mm -hmm. And so I try to make sure that he knows I'm that constant presence um, for those times when he has that kind of grief or pain or stress or whatever it is. Um, and so then the the second part of the question, what do I do? If anything, I'm in, I'm trying to encourage him while he's. Uh, sharing like he'll share something that you know is really something packed down deep mm -hmm. that that has been kind of rising up because of whatever outside circumstances it's kind of been on his mind and starts rising up I mean we'll sit here and have whole you know three-hour conversations just him able to divulge and take it apart yeah. and un unwrap it you know and all I have to do is listen yeah. I mean I have to hold back sometimes because I'm very protective of him yeah. and um, because he's so kind mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, I say, you know, I will cut somebody <laughs> about Christopher Billingsley, I will. <laughs> and, and that's because he's just, I see where his heart is and when somebody's trying to, you know, um, a situ it doesn't have to be a person. A situation is, is, is pulling at him, tearing at him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's get this out. Let's get it off you. Um, you know, I'll break out the sage. I'll sage him down and be like, we need to get whatever this energy is off you because it, it doesn't belong with you. So even if that means I'm just listening, I'll take it in. I'll listen. If he asks for my opinion, I'll give it. Sometimes I give it when he doesn't ask for it, but I try to wait until he asks for it. But um, that's what I do. I try to just listen because if anything, he just needs to get it out because internalizing it is a whole nother beast that can, you know, work up into, you know, so much negative negativity within. So I just listen. And and sometimes after he's done talking, he's like, "I just needed to say, I just needed to vent. I need to get that out." Yeah. 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 So. And how do you feel after that? Like mm -hmm. those vent sessions, Chris. Like, how do you feel as a man? Like being able to mm -hmm. get your emotions out. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely very uh, liberating mm -hmm. uh, for me uh, to be able to you know have a home where I have a safe space to express myself. Uh, because, of course, you know, being a black man, especially working in uh, corporate America, yeah. I'm more 
specific corporate white America, um, that's not acceptable. You know, I have to put on the face. I have to uh, play the game, you know, come what may, you know, uh, I have to jingle and jangle, uh, whether it's right or wrong, no matter what the situation is. And, uh, you know, not being able, not having an opportunity to be true to myself, but being able to, to come home just to, you know, unwind and know that I can be me. Uh, it, it's definitely been um, uh, su such a relief, uh, for lack of a better word, just, just a relief uh, and, and very liberating uh, to, to experience. And, and, and I thank her. I thank her for doing that. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. And Christina, as the mother of the home, as the wife and the caregiver, how do you manage your emotions and especially your mental and like, you know, he offloads his issues. He coming in, like he said, from corporate America. He has his own baggage. And then you got the kids. And then you got your own job. You got corporate America as well. You're a working mother. How do you manage that? If it, if it weren't for Chris, I would probably, and it sounds funny, but super serious, I'd probably be in a mental facility. Because... Um, I just recently, just recently understood what my emotions were, mm. and it was it was diagnosed as depression, mm. but I don't exude it. Mm. I don't. I, I like push it to the like. In, yep, yeah. yeah. I push it. I push it to the back. I push it down, and I'm like, oh, I can't deal with that right now, and. Um, it wasn't until we had a series of deaths um, in the family, some extended family, cousins and relatives of that sort, um, coupled with, we had family events going on as well. And this is actually just this past May. All of our birthdays, it's four of us in the house, all of our birthdays are in May. Mm -hmm. And then this particular year, our daughter was graduating from eighth grade. That also meant that, um, this particular year as well, I turned 40 and Chris threw me a beautiful um, surprise dinner and things. So we actually went from my birthday surprise dinner, the next day in the morning, the funeral of my paternal grandfather. And then that afternoon, our daughter's graduation. Yeah. That was something I don't, we just process it like, okay, we got to do it. We got to get through it. We got to do it. It's a roller coaster of emotions. But man, it, it was, and I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready at all. And, and then just so happened that next month, the, the Monday of starting work again, I got a, um, a really bad, um, like report from my manager. And that was like the straw. That broke the yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I just, I mean, I just went, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. And Chris, I think he had went to the grocery store or something. He came back and I was just a ball of, of tears and nerves and mess. And he's like, what's wrong? And, and everything just came out. And I just told him everything. And I couldn't get a word. I mean, we'd be sitting here watching TV and I'd just break down crying for no reason. Like, it, it was 
it was something he or I had never dealt with. I'd never seen it. I didn't know what it was. It was all coming up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, him being supportive, he's like, okay, stop. Stop what we're doing. You got to see a counselor. Yeah. Let's, let's get you somebody to talk to. Whatever they're doing at work, you got you got time PTO. Take you you're out. Take take off. And um, he had even started communicating with my managers and folks at work. He's like, she's not able to work right now. Her PTO is good. Please, you know, I'll take care of her. I'll update you guys. He was really a, um, a my Superman as far as work was concerned. Um, but it's funny because looking back before that, I would just kind of have a mental checklist. Yeah. Like, okay, I start work at 8. I'm online technically, but I have to get my son to school. Yeah. Chris takes, I, well, at the time, you yeah, you still took our daughter. So Chris yeah. took our daughter. I took our son. Okay, come back. Work. Eat. Probably didn't eat. I probably still don't eat, but didn't eat. And then I look up and it's noon. Okay, it's noon. I got meetings. Okay, this and that. Then I have my mother calling. Mm. What you doing? <laughs> I can't talk, Mom. I can't talk. You know, and then around about 2.30, pick up the daughter. Stop what I'm doing. So my lunch break is picking up the kids. So I go pick up the daughter. Then I pick up the son. Then I bring them both back. They're up there having a good time. They're out of school. I still have to work for another three mm -hmm. hours. And I'm like, I need you guys to be quiet. I'm in meetings. I'm doing everything else. So get them to understand that mom's still working. No, I can't come play. No, I can't chit-chat. No, I can't watch a movie. <laughs> no, I can't. There's ready-made snacks. I can't start on dinner. Leave me alone. You know, so it, it got to that, that range. And then Chris would come in, and he would start up dinner. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, to all the wives out there, that's a place that I feel like I completely lack because I, it's like I can't get my timing right to have dinner ready when this man walks in. Mm -hmm. So, but Chris takes that upon himself and he's like, I got the dinner, I'm cooking. And he does that every day. <laughs> so, um, it became stressful, but I just learned how to deal with it. But it wasn't until that breakdown that he was like, we have to change things yeah. because you're doing too much. Yeah. And not, not anybody's fault either, just kind of the way life works. Yeah. But he's the one that said, stop, we got to change. And I'm grateful that he did because I, I might not be here sitting talking, yeah. talking right now. <laughs> Kudos to you for being vulnerable enough to share that. So I applaud that, and that was brave of you. And man, kudos to Chris for mm. for coming through like that, you know, and mm. and enlisting the help of a professional, and you know, even contacting your job. Like those are things that people don't even think about, you know, in crisis times like that. A lot of mm. people, especially our people, don't want to bring outside sources in mm -hmm. until it's too late. And you know having someone intervene at the right time is, mm. is very key. So mm. that's amazing for both of y'all. Like I hope people that's that's listening understand like the back and forth sacrifices that both of them made. One to for, for Christina to hear him vent and, you know, to open up her world for him and then Chris to, you know, have someone to intervene when she needed it. And that's 
that's exactly what you know building that proper foundation is all about so man you guys are are an example for real um with that being said what was your biggest obstacle in, in your marriage um you know we talked about the mental health mm-hmm. we talked about you know just emotional things that happen what do you think was the biggest obstacle so far um you like me to go yes you okay. go first <laughs> <laughs> no problem um i would say that the biggest uh obstacle uh from my uh, vantage point uh, that is creating boundaries mm. uh creating boundaries and what i mean by creating boundaries and that is um not allowing your marriage or your relationship and your issues to spill out to others. Okay. Um, I, I think that what happens is that, you know, in some cases we do confide, you know, to our family and friends because, you know, we have a situation, a problem, you know, we're looking for a, uh, a solution, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a certain uh, viewpoint you know, that may be different, that could potentially help us with the situation. Um, But at the same time, that could harm your relationship because then uh, those same individuals feel as if they can give um, input willingly. And subconsciously, you might, might not realize it, but then it gives them some sort of type of influence is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say, influence uh, on the relationship. Um, And, you know, you have to have the standpoint of that, hey, you know, yeah, we may not be on the right page as of now, but let's communicate, you know, is you and I, is not you and I and them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that was the biggest obstacle and that is us working together um, working through our issues uh, together and now allowing outside people to work them out for us. Because we understand, you know, when it comes to, to family, you know, family, they, they mean well uh, because they, they want what's best for you. You know, they want you to see, uh, see you do well and to thrive and to uh, be happy. But at the same time, you have to kind of, you know, make sure that they're in their place in uh, whatever role that they are, whether it's mother, father, uh, grandparent, aunt, uncle, like say, hey, you know, that's what you are, so that's where you're going to be, but we got this, yeah. you know, and we'll get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Christine? Um, our biggest obstacle... Um, so I agree with Chris uh, first. Um, I'm trying to think from my perspective what I thought her biggest obstacle was. Um, I would just kind of say, I wouldn't even call it an obstacle. It was just growing pains. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was 25 when we got married, and that made Chris 22. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just learning how to be somebody's wife. Um, because I had examples of that from my grandparents. Um, my mom raised me as a single mom, but I had examples of that from my grandparents. But it translates differently when you're younger. And, you know, you're still trying to, you know, be, 
I want to be a woman. I'm independent. I'm, you know, you know, Miss Independent was out by Neo at the time. So it was like, yes, you know, but what, what that had to translate into was, well, wait a minute though. I'm, I'm somebody's wife. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean for my day to day? What does that mean for how I carry myself? What does that mean as far as how I expect to be treated? Um, it, it's, it's, it's just growing pains. Like, what does that mean when he and I are out? How do I expect him to treat me because I'm his wife? Like, do I, simple things like, do I still let him open the car door for me? Or should I get out on my own? I mean, it sounds like, trivial right now but yeah. as a in, new in in a marriage it's like it's no manual <laughs> exactly it's no, like it's books but it's no manual i don't know what's right to do and what's wrong to do right. you know like you know at the time we had one car and i would take the car and forget to tell him i would because you're thinking in your own head i forget i'm forgetting somebody's wife now you know and i'm like oh i'm gone and, and then he wakes up and he's like, where are you? <laughs> and where's the car? You know, and I'm like, oh, I had to go pick up my mom. I forgot to tell you, you know, little things like that. Like just kind of learning how to get in this groove yeah. of being in a marriage. Um, and that can be every and anything. When do we sit down and watch TV? Do we eat and watch TV? Do we eat at the table? Do we, are we... You know, like, do you like your clothes dry cleaned? Do you like me to wash them? I don't like Tide. I like, you know. <laughs> I like them. I like, I like them, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't use fabric softener. I use dryer sheets, you know. <laughs> I mean, little things like that. It's, it's, it's a navigation period. And it sounds fun. It sounds funny and everything. But that ends up weighing in on everything. Like, um, it starts to become a... You know, you almost need a chart, like, okay, I got to figure out how, you know, and now it's like breathing, yeah. of course, but that was what I would say was the challenge, um, just learning how to be in a marriage and what that means for both of us. That's good. That's good. So when it comes time when y'all are at each other's throat, <laughs> when you want to hurt him, when you like, man, I can't stand her. Mm. How do y'all come back together? Well, I think that what happens is that uh, if if the conversation is not going anywhere, then what we do is that in most cases we'll have like a cooling off period. Okay. Like you know what, this discussion is not going anywhere. You know, you see things your way. I see things my way. We're not getting to that. <laughs> place of compromise understand so let's just uh let's take a breather mm. you know and then circle around and come back you know of course the old saying that cooler heads prevail uh so that's an approach that we take when it comes to uh, misunderstandings uh that that we have okay. mm -hmm. that makes sense i agree and chris chris does that better than i do <laughs> so um he's always the one to, to say okay we, we're, it's not working right now. I'm, I'm going to go watch the game for a little while. <laughs> and just... 
you stay up here, I will go down there, and that's it. And I hate that because I I want to resolve it there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and it, it just, oh. I mean, he knows, I mean, if he ever really wanted to, like, get under my skin, he'll he'll stop the conversation. And he knows I'm like, oh, you know, like it burns. But, because I, I can't stand that unrest between us. That bothers me more than the actual argument. Mm. So, um, but the reason he's doing it is a good reason. Mm. Because otherwise, we'll just, it, it, it's like, you know, beating a dead horse. I mean, it's not going to do anything. And he's right. When we do stop, give it like an hour or two, and we come back, and it's like, okay, now I can hear you. Because before, I'm prepping what I'm getting ready to say to you instead of listening. But now, I can hear you. And I get it, you know. Um, So, (laughs) he's nodding. Um, But yeah, and that, again, James, that was not overnight. Yeah, yeah. I can tell just by how y'all communicate now that, you know, that takes years of practice. Like, and just what you said was like earlier Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the communication, the understanding, like Mm -hmm. that goes back to that. Mm Because you got to know how to argue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I'm more like Chris. I kind of walk away and I'm kind of like, I got to get my thoughts together. But it it takes two people to know each other Mm -hmm. in that regard to be able to to survive in a marriage, in a relationship, anything, you know. So commend y'all for that too, man. Um, how did children change y'all relationship in marriage? <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, children have always been a part of our marriage. There was never a point in our marriage where a child, when a child was not a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't even honestly answer that question. Um, I will definitely say that I think that having children involved will encourage you to uh, fight for it more and to make it work. I think it's easier to say if it's just, you know, you know, the individuals to say, you know what, uh, this ain't working, uh, I think I'm done here, versus when you do have children involved, then I think you're encouraged, you know, to, to make it work. Uh, because you don't want any type of um, you know, uh, separation in the uh, family unit. Um, so from that standpoint, uh, children have always been a part of our relationship. Uh, and I could say, you know, honestly, that I think that has definitely um, uh, uh, encouraged us uh, to, to, really, to really try to uh, work things out. And you guys have two beautiful children. Like, what have they taught you about yourselves? Well, um, when we first had our daughter, and Chris is right, I mean, we we can call her a honeymoon baby because we got married in September and she was born in May. So, I mean, we had no time to just be married. Mm-hmm. And I do encourage young married couples to take time, enjoy each other, travel, you know, spend the weekend in bed, you know, (laughs) do all those things, like really do all those things, enjoy one another. Um, Not to say that when the kids show up, you can't, but 
but you're pulled in a totally different direction. Yeah. And that can be a strain um, on the on the marriage. Um, and like Chris said, it did force us to fight uh, because we didn't want a breach and for for her to be in between us or I mean not with both of us like separated out mm -hmm. and we understand that happens it that was my childhood it was just my mom mm -hmm. you know so but that was something I really wanted to fight for because um, not having my father in the house was interesting it was difficult um, but I did have a awesome grandfather who filled that void and still does. <laughs> but um, I didn't want that for her. Um, but to answer your question, um, it having children, first it challenges you because you don't know whether you're good enough. Yeah. That's like the first thing. Um, Chris can answer this from a dad perspective, but from a mom perspective, after you've been, been through the nine months, been in the hospital, and now the, the baby's actually here, funny story. After we had her, they had her in the bassinet and Chris went downstairs to get the family and bring them all up. And I kind of heard a little sound, like, eh, you know, like that. <laughs> and, and I looked over there and I said, in my brain, I said, somebody left their baby. <laughs> they better come get their baby. Somebody better come get their baby. And then just in that second, I'm like, oh my God, it's my baby. <laughs> oh my God. And that's when it immediately hit me. I'm somebody's mother. Yeah. Th this, I, oh my God, like I'm somebody's mother. Yes, <laughs> I'm somebody's mother. Yeah. And now, what does that mean to me? That means that I'm never, and, and I thank God for this, and I pray for her safety every day. I'm never not going to be a parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that does something to you. It's like a trigger, it's like. It is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I gotta get in a totally different gear now. Yeah, I gotta get it together. Exactly. <laughs> like if you didn't have it together before, yeah. now I really gotta get it together. Yeah. Because I'm somebody, I'm responsible for a life. A whole mm -hmm. human being. A whole human being, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's what it taught me, having, having her, and I feel like I was mature or whatever at 25. But having her switch something completely into gear, a whole a different gear, to, to say like, okay, wow, it's not just me anymore. And there's another saying, people say, uh, what is it like to have a child? You know, you say, and the, the answer is, it's like having your heart walking around outside your body. Yeah. It totally feels that way. Yeah. Like, even at... 14 years old now. She's like, Mom, I'm going to ride my bike to the park. The park is about five minutes from here. But, and I say, okay, because I don't want to be that mom that's like, don't go nowhere, stay right here. So I'm like, okay, but the whole time it's churning in the back of my head. Like I can't 100% rest. It's like, it's always going, it's always back there until she walks in that door. And that's a weird feeling, James. Like. It's weird. So that's why I encourage like young couples, take that time. Mm -hmm. Because when, when that child is always on your mind, you're, you're divided, your brain is divided. Because 
now your brain is constantly on something else. Constantly. I had to call my mom and ask her, Ma, is this, is this what it's always going to be like? She's like, I still worry about you during the day. And, and you're 40 years old. I'm like, oh gosh, wow. So that's what I would say. It made me more aware. And it made me um, more present to understand what all of my responsibilities were, especially as a mom. And oops, forgot I was a wife. You know what I mean? Like, it takes over. So that's another thing. You have to make time still to be a wife. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, what about you as far as children? What have they taught you about yourself? Well, one thing that my children have taught me is that... uh, they proved to me that my parents are right. <laughs> uh, because everything that I get on my children about, my parents got on me, you know, and I see a lot of my attributes, you know, good and bad, um, you know, come from them. Uh, but on the serious note, uh, I think if, if anything, uh, having children definitely shifted my mindset to really try to uh, make something of myself in my lifetime. Um, you know, at that time, um, you know, from the time I was, you know, adolescent, you know, teenager on to early adulthood, I was just kind of just floating through life. Yeah. You know, I, I just wanted to have fun. I, I wasn't taking, you know, life seriously. Uh, you know, I, I went through high school and, you know, went through college and yeah I went to college but I'll be honest at that point I was not taking my studies uh, <laughs> uh, seriously because I was still you know I was still in that point in my life and I'm, I'm trying to find myself I'm trying to navigate I'm trying to uh, prepare myself of this transition from being a child into a man yeah. uh, I think that transition from high school to college I, was it 18 and 19 it's probably one of the hardest transitions you'll ever go through in your life, because mm-hmm. it's like you, you're 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 baby, you're coddled uh, from you know kindergarten through school, uh, through high school, and then you get to college. It's like boom, well you're on your own. Just thrown out there. You just thrown out there. It's like okay, I'm giving it to you, and now it's up to you to work it out. You know, here's the syllabus. You know, it's up to you to do the homework. I'm not communicating with your parents. We're not having any type of uh, uh, academic inter- intervention meetings on your behalf is all on you. So you know it, it was it, it was tough. Uh, and then of course you know me and Christina got together. Uh, you know made the decision to get married. And then when she got pregnant, I said, okay, you know, playtime is over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, playtime is over. What is it that I want to do? Let me make something of myself so that I can be um, all the man that I need to be, not just for Christina, but also for, you know, our daughter who was on the way. Um, so I, I will say that it, it definitely uh, shifted my, my mindset to really just take, you know, life by the horns and to really propel um, uh, myself moving forward. Mm-hmm. I love those answers. For real, like, mm-hmm. I mean, as a father myself, I learned so much from my daughter. 
and you know I'm still learning every single day. Yes, patience is probably the biggest. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, That's yes, probably yes. the biggest one right now. Yes. And what about from each other? Mm-hmm. What have you learned from each other in your years of marriage and your relationship? I learned that Chris is my um, I, th- I just I actually just told him this today like he he's my best friend but I don't if, if we were ever not together people say they can be friends I can't be friends with him <laughs> because I would I'd be a bad friend like I would still want us to be together and I'd be trying to make ways for us to get together and you know, he'd be like, well, I won't introduce you to my new... Like, well, I don't want to meet nobody, you know. I mean, I would be a bad friend. Um, but that's because I just... I mean, I love him hard. And um, he's been my... Um, he's been my teacher. Like, it's so funny. Like, when, when early in the marriage, we used to have an argument. And I mean, I would be on hundred and later after the argument was over Chris had said you know just because we disagreed on me you have to yell <laughs> and I was like what like this is a new concept to me what do you mean so and now you know I try to embody that if we have a disagreement we have an argument we're like on three and four yeah. and that was new to me because I didn't know what you know, when my mom was mad at me, it was on a hundred. Mm-hmm. But he taught me that we can disagree, we can have a, a a heated discussion, we can be at odds. But I don't need to call you every profanity. I don't need to be yelling at the top of my lungs so the neighbors hear everything. It doesn't have to go there. You know, we can have this 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 disagreement and still be civilized and cordial to one another. He taught me that. Um, and of course, he's just been, I mean, I couldn't ask for um, a more, like, loving. I don't know, I hate sounding cliche, but, like, he he protects my heart. and I, And I can feel it, like. And it feels really good. And that's, that's why I go so hard for him. Like, you know, I I, I go hard for him on purpose. And, um, and that's because he's always gone so hard for me. But Chris is not an external guy. He's not like, oh, he, that, that's not who he is. But when you... If you have the privilege to know him and you can see his heart, that's when you you have like reached ep- epitome of who he really is. I always say Chris acts like he's been here before. <laughs> he is. He has an old soul. He, old soul. Yeah. he has an old soul. Everybody, oh, he looks like Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> you know, he gets all the all the old school references and everything. And um, I have a song I tease him about. It's like it's an old song by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, it's called Silver Springs, but in the song, and I play, <laughs> I play this for him. He's like, oh god, 
But in the lyrics, she goes, you know, I'll follow you down to the sound of my voice will haunt you. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's a scary lyric, but I'm serious. Like, if I'm not here, I'm coming back to because <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get rid of me, brother. Is you know, who, whoever it is you got around, tell her I'm here. So, but that's just how, that's just how hard I love him. Like. I don't want to be his friend. I am his friend, but I can't. I don't want to be just his friend. Yeah. Um, I feel like he is my best friend, but I got to be able to walk up to him and kiss him whenever I want to. Yeah, I, I, it has to be that way, or else it's a problem. So, I don't even think I answered the question. <laughs> yeah. But you, are, you answered the question <laughs> in multiple ways. But that's it. That's good, Chris. Uh, I will say that uh, one thing that marriage has, has taught me, uh, that is, uh, I am far from perfect. One thing that, that marriage has done for me, well, not just any marriage, but being with her, uh, is definitely encouraged me to confront, um, you know, my personal demons, uh, things that were uh, hindering the growth of our relationship. Um, and of course, you know, with her, as she said early, creating a safe space has allowed me to be vulnerable and to work through those things. Um, so it, I, have, I have grown so much, uh, not just spiritually, but um, psychologically, uh, that there's definitely been, been growth uh, from my relationship. Um, and I don't think I would have achieved that uh, any other way or with anyone else. That's what's up. That's what's up. So as we wind things down, yes. we're going to do something a little fun, a little different. Okay. So on three, I'm going to ask y'all a question. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm going to ask y'all a question before um, y'all answer it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say one, two, three. And y'all say the same thing mm -hmm. or different. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say one, two, three. And you answer at the same time same as Christine. Okay. Yeah. So okay. the yeah. question is, mm -hmm. was one thing that you would tell a new couple or someone dating right now? So I'm gonna count to three and wait, then you answer. Now these are these are detailed questions. But you just gotta say one thing. Oh, I gotta that's say the, one thing. Yeah, okay, okay, I thing. got it. Okay. okay, okay. One, two, three. Six. <laughs> so you said wait. <laughs> And you said sex. So this, so all right. Now you can explain, because y'all said two different things on the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Chris, why did you say wait? So, so, so the question was, what, what, is, what, is, what is something young couples should do before getting married? So I said, one thing which you would tell new okay. couples okay. or someone dating right now. She said sex. <laughs> you said wait. Yes. Yes. So me saying wait meant as far as um, wait before getting married. Okay. As far as having a, a time frame. Gotcha. Don't jump into relationship and just say jump into marriage. Uh, kind of, you know, get to know the person. If you need to take some premarital classes gotcha. so that you have some resources and the tools so that when marriage does come, you know how to better navigate those situations. And Christina, why did you say sex? I said <laughs> sex because, um, did you did I make it up in my brain? Did you say new married couples, or you just said, I just said new, couples? new couples and, and 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 people that are 
dating. Ooh, right now. okay. So yeah. I guess I guess in but my brain your, I heard brain. marriage <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sex. Yeah, but right. well, the reason I said sex to to be for married couples is because that's something that you gotta keep going. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm 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 serious. Like if you if that starts to wean away, and you don't make time for each other intimately, then that can invite other problems. Um, so that that was really my the basis. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Next question. Same thing. Okay. Same format. Okay. Okay. What could you improve on in your relationship? And on three, y'all each got to answer at the same time. One, two, three. Communication. Emotions. Okay. So you said communications, and you said emotions. Emotions. So yeah. Christina. Why communication? I said communication because even though I think that's the thing that we do best, I'm still working at it. Um, because sometimes I will get excited in an argument, I will get heated, and and that's not the best way to communicate what my frustration is. And I'm still learning to do that. I'm still practicing how to do that efficiently. So that's why I said communication. I said emotions because uh, I think sometimes when we do have disagreements that we have the tendency to uh, take it personal. Mm. You know, uh, well, they just don't want to do it because, you know, they, they don't want to do what I want to do or mm. do it or, or say or go along with what I said. Uh, so that's why I said emotions um, as far as just taking the situation for what it is, take it, you know, omit your emotions. Uh, it's nothing personal. It's just the situation itself. Mm -hmm. Great, man. Well, that's all we got right now. <laughs> I appreciate you guys for talking to me and um, for being on the podcast. And yeah. honestly, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. I learned so much. I think my listeners have a lot to, to mm -hmm. take from this, to take notes from this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being a good husband, being a good wife, being a good mother, being mm -hmm. a good father. Mm -hmm. um, it's all in this podcast. Just keys to how to stay mm -hmm emotionally available the, mm -hmm. um, the foundation of a relationship how to stay in love mm -hmm. so I commend you guys for your marriage and I just want you guys to keep mm -hmm. going I'm a big fan mm -hmm. thank you James and we, we appreciate you asking us to be on your podcast um, it's actually kind of funny when we had our seven year anniversary mm -hmm. we were asked to do a web article interview and now that we're will be 15 years on on September 30th. And now you've asked us to do your podcast. So nice. we feel like there's some kind of pattern going <laughs> on. Pattern, so come get us in at 20 and then we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And again, we, we, we definitely appreciate you giving us um, the opportunity to come on to share this platform uh, with you, uh, with your listeners, um, your, your, your content. Uh, I can honestly say a second to none. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have definitely learned a lot uh, from the, um, the first few episodes that you've already um, had on your broadcast. Uh, just kind of taking things in from a different perspective. Uh, so again, it's definitely an honor and privilege to, to be on this platform with you. And I appreciate you uh, having us on here. Most definitely. Where can my listeners um, find you guys? Are you guys Facebook, Instagram? You want to put that out there? Or? We do have a, um, 
a film and production company. Okay. Which is uh, C360. Talk your talk. And thank you, James. <laughs> thank you. Um, it's called C360, and that is on Instagram. Okay. Um, as well as Facebook. Um, and we um, will come out and film your event. And James, if you ever want to film the podcast Absolutely. and have that as a visual presentation as well, all you need to do is ask and it shall be done. Oh, yeah. We're going to make that happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>